Wired Access. We'll do it live. Wired Access. Do it live. Wired Access. We'll do it live. Wired Access. Welcome to another Heard App production of Wired Access Podcast. I'm your host, DJ K-Dub Omaha. To my left, I have AAU coach for the Omaha Elite 17U, Mr. Coach Archie. And then next to him, I have one of the fellow helpers, coaches, but his son also plays on the team, Montice Griggs. Welcome to the show, fellas. A lot going on for the Omaha area when it comes to AAU basketball. And the reason I really want to highlight it is because it's not what it used to be. And what I really like is the factor of, if you look, Archie, you have been in the Omaha area for a long time. You've seen the sport of basketball come to what it is today as far as being seen, being able to get your name and your, and your abilities out there. What is the biggest change that you remember in the years that you've been, and, and where do you feel it is now and where it's headed? Uh, well, just as far as the AU scene, uh, it's, it's become a lot more important, you know, just in, in, the, in the form of the kids being able to get recruited you know, back when, you know, back in the, when I first started doing this in the, in the mid nineties, you know, it was just about, you know, kind of traveling. You'll still get college coaching stuff around, but it, the more the recruitment came from the high school part of it. Now, you know, with the busy schedules of college coaches and stuff like that, you know, if it's not area colleges in the Nebraska area, nine times out of 10, the only time they're going to get a chance to see you is if you are in the AAU circuit. So the majority of that, you know, your recruitment comes through the AAU programs in the spring and summer. And how long has the Omaha Elite been a program for you? Uh, Omaha Elite, I've actually been dealing with them. I actually just came back to them three years ago with this group. Uh, I, uh, Thomas Lichty, he's the head coach at North. He um, He's the one that started this program up. And I had a couple of uh, teams with him, actually again with his sons, um, with the, that South High crew that uh, that won a state title. I, I was with those guys with with it with him. That's when I started with Omaha Elite. Well, and, and you brought up a good thing, obviously, because I know you from when I went to high school at South. The basketball team there competed. There was a, I mean, you think of Darnell Starr, Darnell DeLeon Thompson, all those names. We go to Bellevue West. They're undefeated. Right. We put them out at home. Right. Parents of Bellevue West are upset. So you see where basketball was. You see where it is now. Obviously, you're, you're seeing groups that are sticking together, but it's still hard to keep kids together. So with AAU, that helps it so you can – get some of the kids that want to play together. Right. How is it when it comes to those trials for you? And what is it like to know that some of these kids come to your program over other ones? And obviously it is an opportunity, but they still want to choose a coach right. sometimes over the name. Right. And you know what? It's funny that you say that because back when I first started doing this and actually coach Woodard, WS coach yeah. is the guy that actually got me into AAU. I didn't even know what AAU basketball was. Uh, what happens after we beat them, uh, that year at Bellevue West, uh, he called me that Sunday and asked me if I wanted to uh, coach AAU basketball. And I was like, what's that? You know, summer basketball, you know, he said you can have as many players as you want to play there. You know, they'll get better. You know, they'll play in front of college coaches sometimes. And, you know, you don't have to pay for anything. So I was like, heck yeah, you know, because I love basketball. You know, it sounded like a great idea. And so, you know, from there, it was just like, this is, you know, how do you choose? How to keep, do they choose who they're going to play for? I prefer now, back in those days, is when I had a lot of, you know, a lot of top players. Jason DeRusso, you know, Anthony Williams. You remember Anthony yeah, Williams? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Nadu Anuku. You know, I coached Tyree, Kyrie Thomas. You know, so back when I first started, I was coaching a lot of top players, and that's when I was at OSA. And then from there, you know, that's when – you know, it was fun coaching those guys. And of course, we won a lot of games. We already know those guys all went to college and stuff like that. But then once I got to to Omaha Elite, it was more about coaching kids that nobody wanted or didn't think that was good enough. Or, you know, they, they you know, they was playing, you know, they didn't think they were good enough to play for first team. So then it came to the challenge of me coaching my coaching ability. How can I make these kids just as good as these other kids that are supposed to be the stars by the time they're seniors. So it came a competitive edge for me to get these kids going. And that started actually with his group at the South High group. Well, and I like that because when I think of his group, I, I coached his son in football at Omaha South. So I think of undersized 
quiet. Not these people that are just, I'm here to show you. They're going to show you on the floor by their actions, not by their volume. Right. Right. So when you think of yourself, Montes, and you think of all the all the coaching you guys have seen through the kids, and obviously the opportunities aren't the same. You have four sons. Not every opportunity is the same. So you can sometimes feel sour and go, okay, why isn't my son again? Or you go find someone. What was it like for you when you had to make some changes for your family to get them some opportunities to be seen? Well, uh, first off, it, starts with, it started with Ty, of course. His first year uh, trying out for Archie, he got cut because he didn't come play like he was supposed to. And that put a that actually hit him a certain way to where the next year he came out and he started to do it. And I and I give him thanks all the time because in certain situations that normal normal people, if you got a guy that can play, you will play him. But if he's not producing, they still have him on the court. Well, there's a there's an instance we was in Des Moines and we played against uh Iowa Barnstormers. And Ty, he had an okay game. He didn't really do much, but he he wasn't playing bad, but he wasn't producing. So I, you know, I asked Archie after the game, you know, uh, Ty didn't do anything. He's like, no, he didn't do anything. He didn't, he didn't do bad, but he didn't do anything. And that just opened my eyes to a whole nother aspect of coaching. What I like is is you were a coach along with a dad, along with this is your son being the player. Mm-hmm. You were able to take something that many parents have the hardest thing to accept. My son got cut. There's got to be a reason. So you can either be sour towards Archie or you can go, okay, we're going to dig deeper. And you chose to dig deeper. You found out some things you could work on. Archie, when you have parents like this where they have experience coaching, they have experience where their son's been at an elite level or playing pretty good, and you're able to keep them level with you, how does that feel? Because not every parent can accept these things, especially nowadays. They they can go elsewhere up the road and find the next coach. Absolutely. And and I welcome them to go do that. The thing about me is I'm going to be 100% honest with you. And again, and I, like I tell the parents all the time and the kids, I mean, and, you know, of course, kids is a little bit harder for them, but you have to be patient. You have to keep you have to be patient and you have to keep working. You know, everybody doesn't have the same talent. You know, everybody, you know, has different athleticism, speed, whatever size. But you have to keep working at your craft if you're going to be good. And the bottom line is I'm 100 percent honest. And, and, you know, no matter what, you no know, how, matter how good you are, no matter how bad you are, I'm coming at you straight honest. And all I want you to do is get better. That's all I want to see is whatever you want, I want. So if you tell me when you come trial for me and you make my team, I just want to be a good high school basketball player, I'm going to make you a good high school basketball player. If you tell me your dream is to play college basketball, okay, let's go get it. And then so we already know when they come in what exactly what they want. And again, I have no, I, and he'll tell you, it doesn't matter if you're the best player on my team or you're the worst player on my team. Even if you're the worst player on my team, you're going to get that opportunity to prove yourself to go out there and do what you want as long as you keep working. But I'm just, I just think it's just about me being honest. And again, I'm a teacher of the game. And, I, and I'll say that, and I think I'm one of the best teachers of the game in the whole state. I'll say it now. I wouldn't say that about 20 years ago, but it's the bottom line. I know how to teach the game. I know what the kids need. And it's all about fundamentals and hard work to me. I don't teach anything fancy. I'm not teaching you the Euro steps. I'm not teaching you all that stuff. You can go learn that on your own. And most kids, they're going to do that anyway. They're going to see the YouTube and create those moves. But I'm teaching you how to work hard. You're going to D up. You're going to play hard. You're going to play together. You're going to work on your handles. And you're going to see that production. Not where you're just going to go to a trainer, you know, train with him for two or three hours, and then you come back to me. So where's it at? Show me where's it at. If you if what you're doing is supposed to make you a better basketball player, then I should be able to see it on the court no matter who you're playing with. Yeah. And so that's the bottom line when it comes to me. I'm going to teach you the game. And if we, even with this group right here, this this team was not that team three years ago. But he'll, he'll tell you. I mean, when I told him three years ago, we're going to be really good if you listen to what I tell you and do what I'm trying to teach you. Well, and when you're talking about all these coaching philosophies, where does this all stem back for you? You know, to be honest with you, it, it, it goes back to my playing days when I you know, played at Central High School and, you know, I played at UNO. You know, what I did is I just watched my coaches coach and the things they did, and it just was, and again, great guys. I'll tell you that right now, great guys. But 
you know, Coach Hanson and Coach Martin. Coach Martin was my high school coach at Central, you know, and Coach uh, uh, Hanson was my coach at UNO at the time. But the philosophies, you know, and, 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 and that's what I thought. If I would have had a coach like me that coached me, I would have even been a better player. I thought I was a good player, but I would have even been a better player. But it just was the, you know, giving people confidence, teaching them, you know, taking every aspect of practice to teach everybody, not just my star players, on becoming the better player so that they can compete against each other. So my star player may be the star right now, but guess what? That guy that's behind him, I want you just as good as him. You know, so I'm going to put the same effort into you that I'm putting into this guy that's the star, you know, and hopefully the star is getting better too. So all that's going to do is just make your program a lot better and your team a lot better. And that's exactly what happened with this team. Everybody was pushed. Everybody was given opportunity. There's not a player on this team and that played with me for these last three years that cannot say that Coach Archie did not give me a fair chance to shine and try to go after my goals. Not one. Well, and, and when you're living proof of it, obviously um, he says a word confidence and putting it into kids. Obviously nowadays social media can tear kids up, seeing others get and you not getting can tear you up. How does this help you guide your kids and know that you have a coach above them that's trying to push their confidence, not the confidence of the social media or the confidence of everything, just themselves. What is that like as a father? That's actually good because I've seen coaches break down kids, and I've seen coaches raise up kids. And he doesn't. He does it. He does it the best out of everybody that I've seen do it. You know what I mean? Because my oldest, again, go back with my oldest. You know what I mean? He was confident in himself, but he wasn't confident to go out there and do what he needed to do to get it done. And he brought that out of him. And then, you know, not only did he do that with him, he did it with my second oldest. And as you know, my my Trey, which is my third son, you know, he's been playing up for the last three years. So, you know, that helped him build his confidence up. And he just – he even got better just from the beginning of spring till now. Like, he's got better and more confident in, in playing the point guard role and embracing it. And w what I really like is the fact of some of the playing up. Some people – get discouraged by the they're like why why let this kid make a, a team that's higher obviously you got little john as well that plays right. for you I, I mean i've i've watched that kid play up since he was six years old playing in eight or nine you like you give these opportunities that normally most coaches don't give right. what does that mean to you and what does it teach the fact of hard work putting in the effort can pay off well, no doubt. And again, at the end of the day, I mean, we're talking about varsity basketball players. You know, if you, to me, if you play 15, 16, 17, you, so if you're good enough to play, you know, you should be able to play at any level. And to be honest with you, that's where it all started with me when we was with, when I first started coaching AAU with Coach Woodard. You know, those guys, we had, you know, a couple guys that might have been sophomores and other guys were freshmen. So it was a mixture of players. And that's kind of how it used to be back then. You know, like even like a guy like Antoine Young, when I was coaching the OSA, you know, he was a freshman playing with the 17U because he was good enough. And so I just kind of kind of took that philosophy from that point on that, you know, once I started doing it on my own, see, that's the thing. I wasn't doing it on my own. I was either coaching for OSA. I was coaching for somebody that had the program going already. But once I took over the Omaha Elite program, now I was able to do it the way that I wanted to do it and how I seen fit. And so Thomas just let me have, you know, 100% access on how things were done. So playing kids up, if you're good enough, let's go on with the best kids. Let's go play. Well, and especially at the 15, 16, 17. I mean, when you're going and playing at your local high school, who cares what the age is? Right. It's just right. a number, right? But other people go, but you're taking opportunities. You're taking someone else's. They all had the same opportunity when they came to the tryout. Absolutely. Whatever they showed, they showed. Now, obviously, going through the programs that you've been through, you see things that happen like at OSA. How does that change your aspect and your look to keep it positive for your parents and make sure that they understand they're getting the real Archie, even though other people have seen like the OSA teardown where things above your control that are out of your control, you know, just bring like that AAU program style down for a moment, you uh, know? Yeah. Well, see, that's the good thing. I've coached, I've coached at OSA. You know, I've coached at for Team Factory with Chucky and them. There's, you know, their senior year. I and, mean, of course, I've coached Omaha Lee. So I've coached at all the major programs that they've had out there. And no matter where I, where, where I was at, I've always done it my way. And they've always given me the leeway. So, again, I got to thank those organizations for trusting me. However, I wanted to do it is how I did it. 
Matter of fact, I would even practice at their facilities. I would practice at my facility at the youth center. And we would just, did, you know, we just do our own thing, put our work in, you know, and just we'd get that grind going. But it wasn't nothing personal against them. It's just that I thought I, the way that I was doing things was going to be the right way for the kids. Always, no matter who it was, what team it was, no matter what organization it was. And it was the same thing when I was at South, as you kind of witnessed. Oh, yeah. There. Oh, yeah. I, I, you, you felt just the energy, the vibe. Like, the team was a team. And if you weren't a part of that team, it's okay. You don't have to be. But then you're not a part of the team. Right. So, obviously, this year you guys have done some great things on the AU circuit. You guys have uh, – and it's not just you. It's all Omaha in general. Yeah. And you see this growth in Omaha – What's the number one thing that you guys credit it to? And what's the number one thing that you feel as Omaha, we could do better in that aspect? Well, I credit just to, to the fact that it's just a lot more opportunities. You know, if you go back to when I first started, when I was coaching, like I said, Jason Drew and those guys, I mean, there wasn't what we did is what we did. The big trip was when we went to Vegas, you know, and we the one make, trip went to Vegas and then we went to, you know, LA maybe. And, and you hope there were some college coaches there. And, you know, and sometime there was, sometime there wasn't. By the time we got to Kyrie Thomas and them, when I was coaching those guys, it got a little bit better, you know. Now we, now we knew where we were going. Okay, if we go here, this, we're going to have college coaches here. You know, then it started getting to where the shoe circuits came. So when the shoe, it, when you became a shoe team and the shoe circuits took, took over, it allowed for more exposures because now you knew for sure if the colleges were associated with Adidas, they were going to be at those Adidas tournaments. If it was at Nike, they're going to be at the Nike tournaments no matter what. Now, not that they wouldn't go to other tournaments, but you knew that they were going to be there for sure no matter what because they're part of the, you know, the brand. That's part of the contract to go watch these kids play. And so the exposure with social media and all that stuff and us being able to get out there, I mean, you have so many good good programs and organizations. You got Lincoln Supreme. You got OSA. So, you know, you got guys with money and organizations that care about basketball that can get that media attention out there. So that, you know, our kids get that attention for every program that they play in. We, we New Balance. It's a new league. But before then, you already had Adidas. You already had Under Armour, you know. And so it was getting the name out there. Then they start seeing that these Omaha kids can play, you know. And when the, if you notice, the most of the time when these kids leave and go play somewhere else, they have a lot of success. And the difference is, is that when these kids go out there and play, the Midwest is more of a, a fundamental, you know. They got their fundamentals down. And you know it's not just defense. About yeah, and, all, and yeah, actually share the ball. showing the ball can, can be passed. That's yeah. And you know it's not just about athleticism. You know, so it's it's a different brand of basketball in the Midwest, and it's something that every coach wants. Even the coaches that you know coaches on you know the East and West Coast where it's about athleticism and stuff, but they still want to. You got to see that the fundamental part of the game also in order to be successful in order to win, and so. Well, and, and and as a father, when you think of, obviously, Ty played multi-sports. Mm -hmm. It seems nowadays it's trying to trickle to single-sport athletes. Mm -hmm. How does that change your perspective as a father? And does it hurt or help this, the basketball realm? Or do you feel like kids should still try to fully take? Because to me, basketball is almost all year round now. I mean, I mean, you might get a month or two off, but in real generality, if you want to succeed, you better be at the gym by yourself with no coach. Right. And what I've, what I've always told my kids, because at least my top two, they always played multi-sports, football and basketball. I told them, always keep the door open for something. Because with basketball, you know, you got a lot of people trying out for that position and to go to college, you got a lot of people that you got to work constantly. And then football, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a easier because football is more off a of talent than it is off of skill sets. So I told them, keep the door open. That way you can have multiple options to go to school and play. But for the kids that, you know, I see now, you know, football is not as much of a priority as basketball because of all the concussions and stuff like that. Choose a sport that you want to do and to just excel in it. You know, that's what you got to do. You just got to put the work in and excel in it, whatever you do in life. And, and of course, Archie, how do you maybe not push or may, how does those conversations go with you and these multi-sport athletes? How do, how do you get to get them to understand the importance of the practices that you're going to have extra when it comes to the AEU? Yeah, it is during, during let's say, track season. I mean, you lose some good athletes because they love track. Right. Well, again, and, and Montice, he'll, he'll tell you that with me, 
it, it always goes like this. First of all, I think you should be a multi-sport athlete. And I just go back to when I was an athlete. Because, again, even though I may love playing basketball, you know, uh, you, you would have thought that I probably would end up being a wrestler or a football player, you know. But I was I did do those things. But basketball was what, what I loved doing. And so that's what I ended up getting to go to college to do. But I think that when you do multiple, multiple sports, it gives you a chance to refresh, do something different. You can still love. You can still work on my game in basketball when I'm in football season. I can still get up shots. I can still practice my dribbling when I'm done or whatever I need to do. Same thing if I'm a football player. You know, but it's whether you have the the heart to do it, Absolutely. right? You you got to have the one, the drive. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think multiple, multiple sport athletes, I think, are, are, are that's what I would recruit. Even though I know they might be, you know, I'm a be a basketball coach. I would want a multiple sport athlete because it just shows the the, vers- the versatility that you have and what you can do. And, and when you think of the AAU program, you know, I think of soccer. I know of some kids that don't play for their high school team because of their select soccer right. choices. Right. Do you feel like that could ever come to for AAU basketball, where they decide? I'm not going to get the exposure, so why should I it, it possibly risk a, a ankle or a knee or something like that? Do you see that ever being a case when it comes to high school basketball? I know they're not at the same time, right? Um, but I just, I just know, like sometimes, like I could say for Omaha South, they don't have all the best soccer kids from South Omaha, right? Because some stick to club and they will never right. touch a high school team. Right. Do you Absolutely. see that coming on on basketball side with it getting bigger as it is? You know what? It could happen. Because actually, I've done that before where I've had kids that didn't make their high school teams. What's going to tell you? Mm-hmm. But I got them into college from playing on the AAU circuit, you know, because, again, that's where the recruitment's at. I mean, so if you're not doing very good with your high school program, you know, you're definitely if you get on the AAU circuit and get the right coach and get into the right system, you definitely can get recruited because it's all about just being recruited and being seen. And so if, uh, to me, the high school game. Again, even though I would love to get back into the high school game just to coach against some, you know, some of the coaches in the Nebraska area, but I just think that uh, the AAU is where it's at if you're going to get recruited. It's just that simple. Can't nobody deny that. Well, and you you brought up a great point, the right coach. Montez, your kids have had a couple coaches through the time. You get the good. You keep you keep them positive. I, I I could say from my personal experience, I've never heard them talk about a coach. It starts with the parents, right? Right. Even if you don't feel some things aren't going the way it should go, you still try to portray something in that moment because that's their coach. What's some of the things that you've really taken to heart to go? Okay, maybe this is a coach that's right, and what's not? What's some of the things as a parent that you kind of look for? Well, uh, with me, you know, I've been I've been also coaching for a long time and, you know, and I have been around successful coaches, but I've always told I always will always tell my kids that when you go out there and play, you have to still play your game. The offense and defense is set up for you for set you up in a position to be a threat. So you have to use that and be a threat. You know, don't always blame the coach because it's not always the coach. Sometimes you have to look at yourself. You know, I mean, yes, some things. Coaches can do, but you should never let a coach break your confidence, regardless. And that's what I've always told my kids: you control your, you control it. Don't let them control you. Control how you play the game. You have to play the game the right way, regardless. And if you're doing something positive out there, if you're always doing something positive, he can't take you out unless you're tired. Well, and I like that you brought that up of staying in your game, Coach Archie. You 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 obviously see kids come from multiple different coaching backgrounds. If you have some kids that might not taking to your liking, even though you might have chosen them, what's the hardest thing to break them out of the bad habits? And what is one thing that you do to get them out of a bad habit? Well, again, the thing with me is just be always making sure that, like you said, play within yourself, but also know what you can and can't do, you know, and, when you got a strength, of course, you keep working on it. But with the weaknesses is what you got to keep working on. And I tell my kids all the time, it's just about getting a skill set, by being patient, adding something to your game every day. But it, it goes beyond just coming to me for two days a week. Whatever I'm teaching you, go continue to keep working on it. And see, that's where a lot of these kids, that's where I think they get lost and they don't become the best player they can be. When they, lo- when they leave their coach, what are they working on? 
Are they working on the LeBron Euro step? Or are they working on, you know, shooting the ball because they got to become better shooter? Really handling the ball, you know, playing defense, playing hard. These things that you think that that you know that they should be doing, even if we're playing for their high school teams and coming back to me. I mean, you think if they were the high school coaches, they're practicing at least six times a week, Monday through Saturday. That's at least two to two and a half hours a day. How in the heck can't you get better doing all those things just there alone? But then if I leave the coach and then I go put more time in, how can I not get better? And that's the kind of stuff that, 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 that I don't understand when it comes to a lot of these high school players. And again, I hope some of these high school coaches are listening because make me understand. If you got a kid, and again, you was that South. You watched yeah. a guy like Anthony Williams, who was terrible. Yeah. He'll tell you, wasn't very good. Darnell Starr got cut the year before. Yeah, he did. And then he ended up going Juco and was one of the, you seen was one of the better players. To me, it was, he had like a this Jordan-esque jumper where it felt like Darnell Starr was in the air forever. Absolutely. Anytime he took a jumper, Absolutely. he was gliding. Absolutely. And it was a kid that didn't know how to play. They, they were right, but he could jump. But he was willing to put the work in. And so when we had those two hours and two and a half hours to work with those kids, we continue to keep working and working and working. But once again, I still tell them you have to go work outside of practice if you really want to be that player. It's just that simple. And, and when you want to be that player, obviously you think of the players that you've coached. You think of the good, the bad, the things. When parents aren't being as supportive or even really a part of that kid's life, in the basketball realm, they're just taking them to practice, getting them off. How do you try to connect closer with those kids? And maybe it's not a disservice to like his son because you know he's got his dad there and right. a coach that's there. How does that all go in your realm of coaching? And, and what's some of the things that you look for for that? Well, the one thing about my philosophy is that I'm going to always be fair to every player, but just like in life, everybody's not equal. And so I know that he can go home and he's going to work his kids out. So, again, I might put some extra time into a kid uh, one or two hours afterwards or during the week with another kid that, like you said, don't have that father figure, you know, or don't, you know, have the home to go to that they're going to support him. And so, of course, I will put my extra time into those kids or find someone that can put extra time into those kids because they're not on the same playing field. So, but I'm going to always be fair, though. So whatever I know that you need, I can't hold you accountable because it may not be your fault. And so at the end of the day, I'm going to be fair to everybody. All right. But again, everybody's not going to be, it's not going to be equal for everybody. You know, different talent levels. I mean, different home situations. I mean, so again, and here again, once again, Montes will tell you, I'm about each individual kid. I don't treat any kid the same. Nobody's the same. They just get the same. They get the same person, but in different realms and different aspects. Because they all need something different, and some parents don't understand that, unfortunately. But at the end of the day, this is the coach that. Guess what? You can be the best basketball player. When I'll tell you, you're good. But guess what? Go play for somebody else. I can't wait to play against you. It, it it's just, it's just those where it's almost like it's either buy in or buy out. Right. Pretty much. Right. And it's not a bad way to have it. Like so many people want that issue and they're okay with the issue instead of being like, no, we can cut that issue out. And it matters on the team. You could see the reflection on the team. Montez, when you think of a coach that can have that demeanor, how does that, I mean, it's got to put something as a father to go and a fellow coach to go, okay, I could stand behind this, not because he's he's different in a realm that he ain't going to leave my kid. It's a matter of he's going to hold these kids accountable. How does that feel as a father? And especially since you've been there, you, you've seen different styles. I think it's, I think it's actually, it's the best thing for these kids nowadays because they got too many people catering to them and they're not getting the best at them. You know, some kids would be here already and they think they already made it. So by the coach taking it easy and I'm just not going to get them over that hump. And that's what hurts a lot of these kids right now is that they're not getting over the hump because nobody's holding them accountable. So they're jumping ship back to back to different, different teams, different coaches. And it's not, it's not, it's not good for the team because kids see that and kids understand 
that who get favoritism and who kids see a lot of stuff. So if you're not, if you, if kids is paying attention to it, everybody else is. So when I think back to, let's say someone like a Noah fan, like no one knows that sometimes he actually got kicked off the football field. Now he's an NFL star, right? So you have these kids where sometimes a scenario happens and a light switch happens. How many of those scenarios do you try to give a kid before you're like, okay, I can't do nothing more to help him? Oh, man, I shoot. I give some sometimes a couple of seasons sometimes. You know, I, I definitely give them a chance, especially, you know, at the with the younger kids. I mean, um, because it's just like you said, it's obvious with, you know, as you get that junior high age, you know, and, and lower. I try to coach junior high for the first time in my life. Uh, last year. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> go hold on. Before you get it, go ahead. You already know how seeing him at that, you know, it ain't the same coach, right? Yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's definitely different. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely different. It's, uh, it's, uh, I won't do it again. And, and the reason why is not because those kids don't need me. But the thing about it is, to me, what I wanted for those kids to do is to go through the high school experience. Watch yourself, you know, when you thought you was a varsity player, now you're playing freshman B or freshman, you know, maybe even JB, but you thought you was a varsity player. Go through those circumstances where even if the coach is, you know, not, you know, very big on discipline, he still has to make decisions for you, for you to be there. So now I can, I have something to work with. What level did you play on? Oh, freshman. Okay. Okay. Oh, you was back up on JV. Oh, okay. So now I got something to work with, you know, but when you talk about, unless I can get them when they're in elementary, when they're fresh minds and, you know, they want to learn. You mean the 10 second locked in? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, but it's an important 10 seconds. Absolutely. You get them for that 10 yeah. seconds. Absolutely. They'll do that drill over and over. But yeah, so I, yeah, I junior high and under, I, I just can't do it. I, they got to go through the high school system so that they can see they're really not as good as they are. Because like you said, these guys that think they're stars, they might've been in eighth grade, you know, but again, when you go watch, especially OPS, you go watch OPS eighth grade basketball. Okay. I ref it too. So it's like, wow. Yeah. You know, what are the kids learning? And nothing against the coaching because they get eight weeks, you know, <laughs> and they're lucky if they get the same five kids right. every day. Absolutely. Right? Like there's nothing so, worse than that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you're watching basketball. Like, who's they think these guys think they stars, but if you get a, bunch of group good athletes together in one school at one time, then they're dominant and they think they're great. Well, of course, you know, a big aspect in the AAU is being seen, being seen using social media for the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it is. When you look at your social media impact and players having to represent themselves and the Omaha elite, what's some guidance that you give as a coach and what's some things that you kind of watch for? Because, Anything that tags Omaha Elite, it comes right back to the right. to the top. How's that go for you guys? And, and what's some things that you might talk to the kids about? Well, you know, I've always tell them. You know, this is how I tell them those the guys all the time. You know, it's, it's, it's family, faith, and school in that order. So again, when, even if you disrespect Omaha Elite name or whatever or who you play for, I mean, you're starting with those people too. So your family, I mean, they got to mean something to you. You know, if you believe in God or whatever you believe in, okay, there we go again. Yeah. You know, and then he going back again. You're a star at North High School. Here we go again. So you affecting a lot of things. To me, that's even more important than Omaha Elite. So once you, you you don't care about that, then man, I don't even know if you really should be playing for Omaha Elite. You know, you gotta respect those three things first. And most of the kids take that in general. I tell them all the time, even when they're coming to our practice and stuff, you know, if they can't come to practice because of one of those three things, you don't, you don't got to have an excuse. Hey, I got to go to school. Okay. My mom needs me. Okay. There's no, there's no question. So those, those are the things that I try to put on the mind, even bigger than Omaha Lee. You know, yeah. I, you disrespect your family. It's, it's going to happen. You yeah. know, your faith, you know, when you go back to church and your pastor, you know, Look go them back in the to eye. your school. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So to me, Omaha least the fourth thing to even worry about. You know, so is it that's what I just preached to him is that those those are the three things that are more important than Omaha Lee could ever be. And, and Monty's obviously being a father there with the social media part. How do you help your kids make sure they understand the importance of how 
social media can hurt or help them through this process? Well, as far as like hurt, I just use example of professionals who done made, who done made mistakes and jeopardize their career behind it. And if you got goals that you're trying to accomplish, then you can, you got to keep the negative stuff off social media because nowadays coaches, that's the first thing they look at. They ask for your Twitter feed. They ask for your Instagram. They ask for your Facebook, your Snapchat. They ask for all those things. So you have to keep that under wraps and be positive on there and don't do anything negative. And then also, you know what I mean, on a positive note, you know what I mean, that's how most of the colleges nowadays is recruiting is through social media, write-ups and everything else. So always keep your stuff PG and always, you know, promote your yourself, you know, put your, 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 your age, your height, your GPA, everything. So you can look professional, be professional. You're a brand now. I, I, I like you brought up GPA. How does school help or hurt the Omaha lead as far as being an example when it's during the summer? Is that something you still kind of follow up on as a coach? Is it easy to follow up on? Is it conversations you even have? Because obviously you are trying to get them to the college level. But without that student-athlete part, they can't get to where they want to be. How does that go for you guys at, at, at Omaha League? No, How it, do you do ha handle that as a coach? Absolutely. It's very important. And again, it's one of the first things that's, again, talked about, you know, even with their plan ability. Because once again, just like you said, you can be the greatest athlete in the world, the best player in the state. But again, if you don't got the grades, you can't go anyway. So it doesn't even matter. So, and unfortunately, it's not as easy as it is if I was a high school coach, as you know, when yeah. I was at South High School. Matter of fact, they come out this OPS with this 2.5 GPA, you know, about five or 10 years ago. But remember, I already was doing that. Yeah. You know, it was in the paper about, you know, with the GPA. So grades were very important. So it's easier for you to control it as a high school coach, you know, especially when you get them as soon as they come in as freshmen. But it's very, it's very much preached, you know, to my players, just letting them know that it's very important. If you don't have your grades, it doesn't matter what kind of work you're putting in right now. Because it's it's got to be hard even in those conversations if coaches come to you and ask about a kid. I mean, his floor game is amazing. Right. We do need to work on school. That How are your conversations with parents are they easy? Are they getting easier as you get with time and as you build these trusts with these families? What do you think is, is some of that part for you? Well, you know, to be honest with you, I really don't have too many problems with parents when talking to them and, and uh, you know, about stuff like that, GPA, you know, playing and, you know, kids playing and stuff like that. Because like I said, at the end of the day, I'm honest. I'm straightforward. I'm honest. I'm straight to the point. And I'm hoping, again, the parents sitting here that, these parents realize that with all the experience that I've had, not only as a player, parent, you know, a coach, a referee, all the stuff I, I'm, that I've got, the basketball knowledge that I have, at the end of the day, I care about the kids and what they want. This is not about Dan Archie. Dan Archie has played high school and college basketball. I've coached high school basketball. I've coached college basketball. I've coached, you know, semi-pro basketball. Basketball is just what I do. But when I'm coaching at these kids, I really wanted, I mean, you don't know how happy I was for the kids when we just won this new balance tournament. I was happy for the kids. Don't mean anything to me. It's great. You, you make a memory with them that they'll share. Like people have no idea, like the memories, the bonds, the, the creation, right? Yeah. They're going to remember this championship. Don't get me wrong. Right. They're going to remember going, but they're going to remember who was a part of it. Right. They're going to remember not who scored 27 or averaged 27 points. They're going to remember the whole core of it. Obviously, that was what you built in that. And when you think of where you started at AAU and you think of where it is today, was this even in the vision? Was this even a part of it no. that you thought? No. Like I said, when we first when I first started AAU, I just seen it as extra work for my players in the summertime and being able to, you know, uh, play against different players you know, across the country, you know, it was great. And matter of fact, when I was at South, that was one of the things that I was going to start if I would have still been there. What they're doing now is actually playing against other teams in other states, you know, because again, I thought that would be fun to do. And so when we first started memories, out, for sure. absolutely. When we first started, that's what I liked about it. We were just going to different states and playing against different teams. And it was just exciting to me. 
You know, because like I said, I didn't know what AAU basketball was. Coach Woodard introduced me to it. Yeah. And, you know, even when I was a player, the only team that we had was being able to make the Vegas team. And, you know, you go out to Vegas for that, you know, for that one week and play. And, I mean, I was just happy because I made it in the top 16. You know, yeah. didn't make it, but I was happy, you know, <laughs> because, you know, you're talking about Nebraska basketball. Yeah. But, yeah, it's come a long way since then, no doubt about it. Um, you know, and opportunities is just ridiculous. Uh, for these kids to be seen compared to, you know, back when I first started. See, and I, I like that you said opportunities because what I like is, one, I'm a father, but also obviously having this podcast, the platform is going to one game and either kids are going to stick out or they're not. But also in my my shoes that sometimes the kids don't remember and not yours or anybody's just saying in general, you never know who's watching. You never know who's catching the video. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 I shared four videos of a kid at a papillion who has never, his main sport was basketball, lost that love, whatever he's football. And people caught on to it just by his work ethic, by the videos, because it's, it's what I've always seen in the kid, Mm -hmm. but now you're able to share it. You as a father, obviously you see these platforms that are being created by this AU. What is the best part about it? And what's some things that you're like, man, we could still improve on for the AAU circuit? The best part about it is the exposure that it gets it gets the kids, you know what I mean? Because a lot of kids that's actually out here working and grinding and putting in the work because they're not the it kids, they necessarily don't get that exposure. But nowadays, they're starting to get that exposure, and which was a, a great benefit of this New Balance tournament is that they did a great job at – giving exposure to all the kids, not just the top kids, all the kids. Like even if you only scored two points, but you did everything else on the basketball court, they wrote top up about defenders, yep. scores. Like yep. it, it wasn't just the points, it was the assists. Yep. Now traveling for AAU, it's not easy nowadays. No. What you know, being the parent and also knowing the coaching side, how do you keep uh where parents are able to be able to feel like they can see this. And uh, I think the internet has to help, right? Games are now on on a streaming. So it makes it where you might not be able to travel. What was some of those things like as a parent going through? I mean, you, you went through four kids in sports in general, and now you're kind of winding down as, as your kids are getting older. It was, to me, it's fun because, you know what I mean? I like, I like to see their progression you know what I mean? And basketball is just what I do and what I like to do. You know what I mean? So it really wasn't a problem to me getting up, playing 22 games a weekend. You know what I mean? Traveling here and there. It actually was fun to me. But to all, all the parents, you know, it's a sacrifice that you got to make for your child to be successful. And if you're not ready for that sacrifice, you know, you might have to rethink it because it's definitely a sacrifice financially and time-wise. You know what I mean? But one of the good things about it is that they do have a lot more games streaming nowadays, so you don't have to travel as much. You don't have to be there as much. But, you know, I grew up in a home to where when I looked in the stands, there was nobody there. So, you know what I mean? When it comes to that, you know what I mean? Kids know who's there and the kids know who's not. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. My son filled in a couple weeks ago for OSA. Mm-hmm. Uh, their 17U team had some injuries in Lincoln or something, and they're like, hey, you want to join? He's never put on an OSA uniform <coughs> in my life. But anyway, so it was it was a Saturday. He had no idea I'd show up, and I'm there just watching. He has no idea until he looks up finally. But, like, those moments are remembered. Remembered. But, of course, in this day and age, you deal with parents where they both have to work, Coach Archie. I've watched um, – Kendall was a part of the Nebraska Elite Hoops. I've watched where the coaches are running around crazy with multiple kids because parents can't make it. What is the hardest thing as a coach in that situation, and what's the thing that you love that you get from that, being that guy that they can count on? Well, it's just time-consuming. You know, and, and as I get older, it gets a little bit tougher. When I was younger, it wasn't really no problem. But it's just time consuming because now you're, you know, you're coaching, you know, maybe two or three teams. You know, um, you, you're, you're picking kids up, dropping them off for practices. You know, so you may get done with practice at 8 o'clock, but don't get home till about 10. You know, um, but the rewarding part, part is, and this is, this is 
the difference where I got to learn with my coaching adjustment now is that I don't have a problem doing it. But what the problem that I have is that the attitude that these kids have and not appreciative of what you do. And I'm not even saying whether the parents are appreciative or not, you know, but the kids don't show appreciation for the, the, the work that you put into them, especially when they're not very good and that, you know, they are getting better and they, they start that, you know, that they should just be given stuff yeah. when you're putting all this time in. But the reward is always if I got if I'm doing all this work and you go out there, and you achieve your goal, then I'm happy. And again, a, a kid that again, Walt Shaw, again, he played with his son um, that played with me with, with, you know, second team All-Stater, you know, played at North, you know, well, went Division One Juco in, uh, in Kansas. I had him all the time. You know, it was worth it. But what a very appreciative kid. Thank you, coach. Appreciate it, coach. You know, uh, he, he knew the process on what he needed to do. He appreciated what I was trying to teach him, you know. So if it's like that, I'll be tired. You know, I'll go that extra work. I'll get home at 10 o'clock because at the end of the day, that's why I do it. And that's the love that I have for the game that makes me want to keep doing it. When you get kids like that, if I get kids like that all the time, I, you know, it wouldn't bother me, but it is time consuming. It is. It's time, time consuming. It's tiresome. And like I said, sometimes that can even take away from your own family activities sometimes. And, and let's make sure to really stress. It's not about a paycheck on that other side. Oh man. Like that's, that's the hardest thing to get some parents and even some, some people to realize it's not about this paycheck on this other side. Now you've coached, you have your kids almost done with high school. Have you thought about what is next for you and the wife? The only reason I ask is I have so many times the parents that aren't as active as you and I with four kids and getting a, and, and beyond, they don't, they, they want to go, man, aren't you glad practices are almost over? Have you thought about what that is like for, for you? No, I, I, and this is what me and my wife talk about all the time. Like what, what, what is there to do after that? Because, you know, it's more every morning getting up, you know, throughout high school, you know, I was getting my old, my oldest two up at five in the morning, going to Genesis, you know I mean? On the weekends, we up at the basketball court. If we can't get in the gym, we outside, you know what I mean? So after this, I don't know, cause my son already put me to work on the grandbaby already. He's trying to, he trying to get me started already. And I'm like, this ain't me no more. This is you now. He already get me started. So I don't know. I know one thing though. I'm a, I plan on trying to travel a little bit more. That that's exactly what I told my wife. We're, we're going to be empty nesters after this, this year, my son's a senior. I said, you know, I'd really like to do like a 24 day be gone, like just be gone. Coach Archie, you've been in the game for a long time. I'll get you out of here on this. What's next or when is the end? Is there an end? You know, Have you thought of it? It's a good question. You know, um, I still got a few goals. I want to get back into high school basketball in Nebraska, prove a couple of points. I do uh, uh, also what, you know, try to, you know, college and a, and a head coaching, you know. So I think I've probably, I'm hoping that I got at least a good 10 years left. With the AAU stuff, I'm thinking probably, I didn't know what was going to happen. We did get the New Balance contract. So, you know, we're going to have, you know, funds to be able to do it again. So I just can't let the money sit there. So I'll definitely be back for another summer for sure. But I don't think Monty's going to let me go until Bay Bay go. But, <laughs> yeah, but, but. You know, so I, I'm I'm figuring that just coaching basketball alone, because I still got a few more goals out there that, that I got that I got to accomplish uh, for myself. You know, uh, from the coaching aspect, and one of them, like I said, I want to get back into to Nebraska. Just a couple years. I just need I just need a school that I can get into in Nebraska, coaching the high school level, and uh, just prove a couple of points, and and I'll be good. Then go to the college level, uh, do about three or four years, and then I'll be good. So. About ten more years, and then I should be good. And then what? What does that? What does that? What does that entail? Do you do you see yourself relaxing? Do you see yourself taking away and and living in the moments that you have to continue to create for yourself instead of everybody's Archie, 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 Archie. The phone's blowing up. Right. You know, just hopefully what I could do then, just like you said, just kind of relax, going to sun, watching my grandkids, you know, play and. 
and just, you know, I'm not really not much of a traveler guy, I don't think. Maybe I might be back. You know, <laughs> I don't know because, you know, because I'm always traveling anyway. Yeah. But, but like you said, just to have some peace and, and just just chill, you know, that's what I'm hoping. But basketball is just a love, man. And again, it's something that my uncle brought to me years ago, you know, when I was young and and I just like doing it. So it's not like it's hard work for me. It's fun, you know, but. It's just, a, it's just a grind of, like you said, when you're coaching and you're coaching a lot of kids and you got to travel. Of course, that is tiresome, but the end result, like we just finished up, because I was actually kind of wearing down this summer. I was wearing down a little bit, but then I got refocused, got remotivated, and then re- realized what, the, what our final goal was. And just like I tell my kids, there's no excuses. And so I have no excuses neither. So there's no way I can quit on anybody right now until, you know, we're done. Well, and you guys ended... Perfect season in the NXT. That's a high goal. Right. What's next? Well, we can see if we can develop this program again one more year for this, his son, Trey Trey for sure, and John John. They deserve it. They deserved it for me to finish it out with them. Uh, for sure. For sure. Like I said, it'd be nice to be able to, you know, take baby out too. But these guys have been doing such a good job of just learning and, and learning the things that I'm, you know, doing, how I do things that, you know, hopefully that they can actually just do it. And I could just kind of just watch, you know, and, and just, just say, you know what? It's nice to know that, you know, my son is there too, but just to see my philosophy work through somebody else to see if what it looks like. Of course, I know what it looks like through myself, but I would just like to see uh, people like Montice and my son, and we got a new guy named, you know, his nickname is Florida. I don't even know what his real name is, but on our coaching <laughs> staff, and just see if those guys can just take it to another level using the things and techniques and strategies with their own philosophies just to see what it looks like when we just watching them do it. And they, these guys have been doing Montes and, and, you know, of course, my son, he should be able to do it. He's been with me his whole life. But, you know, and just to see what it looks like. I just want to see what it looks like without me doing it, you know. Yeah, being the guy on this. I, I can tell you, like, the, the hardest thing once you get out of coaching is not coaching. Right. Not not feeling like you got to give that word. I, I still do like, like, you know, I've I've known Ricky Lofton since he was young. You yep. know, we're all Omaha South people. Yep. So every time I saw him, it was like I could connect with him because mom and dad are working their butts yep. off. And I know like the things that mom and dad would say. So I can tell you from a coaching to a, a, a dad aspect, it gets hard. It just does because you're like, I know they're saying the right things. I know, but this kid just needs that one word, that one in, in right. insight. Well, yeah. I appreciate your guys' time. I appreciate everything that is happening in Omaha amongst all the AAU programs. Like you said, there's so many good going on that I, I, I hate when people try to bash whose team are you playing for. Right, right. We're right. playing for Team Omaha to get these kids up and out to their dreams. That's Sorry. it. So once again, this is a Herd App production of Wired Access Podcast. Once again, Omaha Elite, Coach Archie, one of his fellow coaches, Coach Griggs, with a father aspect as well. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Hopefully, like he said, one parent, one coach, one athlete just gets a little bit from each story we do. I promise you, you're going to learn something. We'll see you next time. Heard at Sports Network Production.